Welcome everyone to the Apex Sunday podcast, where today we're talking about the 2021 Dutch Grand Prix. Before we get into that, John, what do you know about this circuit? Because I've never seen it before in my experience with F1, because I started in 92 and it was already off the uh, calendar by that point. It's, it's changed from its original configuration, but it's a beautiful track. And that's my kind of track. It's yes. o- old school. And um, as we saw in qualifying, and if you're going to go off the track, there's going to be a red flag in today's racing. They're just going to stop it because it doesn't have the great huge runoffs. Right. And, um, and I love it for that. It makes things meaningful. <laughs> well, what shocked me was getting used, like we saw a couple of old school circuits last season. We had Imola mm-hmm. come back and we had, uh, what was the other one in Italy? the Ferrari okay. test track. Yes. And then we have this one and I was surprised by, well, it's Mugello. That would be the yes. return of the other track. I was surprised by how large the cars looked. And I thought, I, I just wasn't used to this kind of look on it, on this type of circuit. <laughs> how about you? Yes. It, 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 it's nice and tight. And I like that, you know, it, it, and at the same time, if you look back at the early days, they were lining up three abreast for the start. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, different starting grades and so forth. They're not going to do it there. No, no, no not today. <laughs> so let's talk about qualifying to start off with. And that was very interesting because, again, the different lines, particularly through turn three where they go up on the high side for the most part, though we saw that change in the race. But Q1, Perez, a bit of a surprise, didn't do too well in Q1. Williams made it through. Norris just made it through. And then we had that Vettel being impeded by the two Haases, which, again, seemed inevitable to me that there would be an impediment on this type of circuit. So. Did uh, did Mazepin get a penalty for that? I don't think so, but he blamed Schumacher for it, and there's some bad blood between those two at the moment. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. I, yeah. I was shocked at Vettel being out, uh, and it's just another statement that when you're on a track like that where red flags can happen very easily, it's very important to back bank a time early. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there isn't any more critical time to bank a time or a track to bank a time early, and he didn't do it. Right, and we saw Kubica in for Raikkonen, and he qualified above Vettel, but you know, I don't expect too much from him. He hasn't been in a car for a long time. Well, not only that, when he did come back for one season, he was a perennial backmarker, yeah. and it's just too much for him, I guess, with his arm. I, I, yeah, it was a terrible accident, so it took a lot from him for sure. And, and he was a long time out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised. I, I would have expected another another pilot in that seat. I was thinking, you know, maybe Hulk. Be nice right. to see Hulkenberg back, or or even Albon. Or there's so many drivers out there that could have filled that seat that mm-hmm. might have had some promise, or you could at least test them to see how they would do. Some of the younger guys. But I guess he's their test driver or reserve driver, and he's in for the next race in Monza as well because Kimmy's still going to be out. So, anyways, so Q2, we had the two red flags, like you mentioned, uh, Russell and Latifi <laughs> spinning out. Uh, that's this circuit 
it seems to be a rhythm circuit. Like if you don't, like it's a very, you have, your flow has to be very good and the corners are fast, but not super fast. And they're not super slow either, other than the chicane. So it's, it's a very balancing, it's a balancing act on turning those corners and the, the two Williams just lost it just, just a bit and they're off into the barriers. Typically what happens with the rhythm track is, is, and that you're right, that is very much a rhythm track. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they don't have enough time on the track to go and test their lines. And you saw the lines yep. changing rapidly because mm -hmm. nobody's been on it for so long, except for maybe Max being his hometown, his home track. Right. Um, I'm sure that he's spent, done lots of lap of lots of laps of Zandvoort, uh, but now they're going to push it and then you get Latifi and, and Russell really going over the deep end. They were, they were, they didn't belong up where they were, where they're pushing their car to the limit and nope. wrong track to be doing that. I think. Yeah. So we got a couple of red flags and Norris didn't make it through to Q3 for once, which is a bit of a surprise. Although he did score points in the race with 10th. Then Q3, uh, Hamilton just four one hundredths point zero three eight off of Max. I was hoping that would make for a closer race, although he did keep pretty close throughout the race. It was mm. between mm. those two. Well, mm. relative mm. to F1 standards, <laughs> four, I don't know. Four to five seconds. <laughs> I don't know. Max sort of drove away. You watch the gap at the, at the start of that race. If mm -hmm. we're moving on to the race, the, the start of the race, Max just drove away. And well, I was astounded by how he just drove away. Very At the very beginning, for sure. Yeah, but before we go to that, I would say that Gasly was again outstanding, making it into Q3. And Giovinazzi made it to P7 in Q3. He's in need of performances for a new ride or to continue his ride. So we'll see where that goes. But let's move on to the race, like you said. Again, the start was pretty interesting. Uh, Max definitely made a gap very quickly. He was over a second in front of Lewis on the first lap alone. But I found after that, Lewis kept it between two to five seconds on and off until the end where he went in for some, some tires. So um, the, Ricardo had some problems on the formation lap and in the race, but those seemed to go away. He saw his engine puffing up. Fernando was pretty impressive um, in turn three at the first lap. We had Perez doing that big lockup. But by lap nine, speaking of an old school circuit, the top six were already very spread out. By lap 28, the Ferraris who hadn't pitted were over 20 seconds behind Lewis who already had pitted. <laughs> and at the end of the race, uh, all, all the drivers were lapped except for the top three. What did you think of the race overall? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a short lap as well. It so, is. That's why it's 72 laps, right? So, you know, so I'm not, I'm not surprised at, at the lapping. I am surprised a little bit at, at the huge, Mm -hmm. gaps right at the start that kind of amazed me and and alonzo's start the in car of that is worthy of watching over and over and over and over <laughs> and over again i mean the man is just a god yes um i i i am happy that bottas 
was a good boy and and held up Max for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was the him going for the fastest lap and getting the fastest lap and them telling him to abort. He'd already had two purple sectors. There was one to go <laughs> and, and he didn't go purple in the, th he slowed down. He didn't get a purple in the, in the last sector. Um, and Jensen bought button brought up a good point that mm -hmm. it's one point. And, yeah. and with Hamilton deciding to get in, you know, the fast lap by coming in for a tire for fresh tires, he butchered himself because if anything had happened to Max, he would have had a win. Yeah, I thought that was an odd decision. I mean, they take some gambles, but, you know, I guess be previous to Bottas doing that, Lewis had the fastest lap. So Mercedes kind of screwed up already in that respect. I was kind of, it was odd to me that Bottas brought, was brought in for at any rate, it's very strange to me. But um, then we had Lewis come in. I guess they just figured Max wasn't going to make a mistake. But if he did slide off, like we saw Vettel, he spun right and resumed. So that could have happened quite easily, and Lewis could have won the race. But it didn't happen. At the same time, I have I have a, a very strong suspicion that, that Max was driving at about 75 80%. Hmm. He was managing, really? he was managing his car beautifully. He's gotten mature that way. And yeah, so maybe, maybe they knew that there was very little chance of him going off the track. And we saw most of the passes in turn one and then in the chicane, mostly Perez making his way through the field and he won driver of the race, but I don't know. I, what do you expect from that car in that field on that circuit? <laughs> he just had fun. You know what? That's true. And and yes, I think that any of the drivers, if they were in that car, would have done exactly what he did. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't. You know, he's. I was surprised at qual qualifying and and then in the race. You know, yes, he got to hammer through the field to show his his skill because it's not necessarily easy to pass on that track. But well, he did complain about Norris unnecessarily pushing him off, and I thought back to years ago. David Coulthard had screwed up at Monaco. So he was down the field and he was behind a traditional backmarker who kept him behind for the entire race. And Ron Dennis at the end was like furious. Like you should have let us by. It's, you know, I was in our rightful place and all that. And I thought, well, that's nonsense. It's a race. <laughs> exactly. He fell back. You got to keep protect him. And it's the same thing with uh, Norris and he did nothing wrong as far as I'm concerned. No. No, you know, and, I, I was happy though they didn't penalize for you know people being pushed on the outside. It was time. it was Norris's corner. There was contact, and when there wasn't a penalty, uh, put a big smile on my face because yeah. that's Perez shouldn't have had his nose in there. No, and if he did, so be it. Accept the fact and move on. Don't complain about it. But that's yeah. that's kind of the environment we have with the whole penalty situation uh, for the last few years, and. Uh, I don't know about IndyCar, but in Formula One and MotoGP, it's why what's what's going on with these penalties and so forth. I don't know if you heard about the Superbike penalty. Where, no. Uh, the Yamaha rider he'd won all three races for the weekend, and he went off on the green very slightly, and then he was passed, and then he passed again at the end of the lap and won the race. And they took his victory away for that slight off. And there was no mm. advantage gained. And the fact was he was passed right after it. So he actually fell back, but he's still penalized. So 
you know, they were saying that certain certain corners, sure, that deserves a penalty, but certain ones it doesn't. And they really have to distinguish this and the same with F1. Um, so I was happy too that we didn't see any of those type of penalties. But, but then we come back down to uh, it being like figure skating and nine from the Russian judge. You know, right. it, th this, this is not something to judge. This is not, it's cut and dried. Either they did it or they didn't do it. The problem is, is that they're twisting the rules. Mm. They're twisting the rules like a Texan twists the Bible. You know, it's, 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 it's horrible. The rules are there for a reason. And if you, if you want to look at the, the reason the rules are there, then that's why Lando did not get yanked with yeah. a, a penalty. Mm -hmm. um, in regards to the results, my God, Gasly. Yep. What a, head of the Ferraris, right? I mean, what a drive, what yeah. a drive. And where, and you know, as, it's staggering. And where's he going next year? Same place. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's so, so we'll yeah. have to see him. So I'll roll that into driver of the race. For me, it was Gasly. Oh, me too. Because of that. I mean, we never saw him basically no. <laughs> through the no. coverage, but to do that against those Ferraris and everyone else and to be far behind the top three, not a surprise whatsoever. What about rating the race? I'm going to boost it up a little bit because it's an old school track. Mm -hmm. And so it tests the drivers. Uh, yep. So I'd probably give it a four out oh, yeah? of 10. Um, it was pretty boring. It was. And, and, and started, started well, ended kind of well and a bit weird. But between that, it was just Perez occasionally passing people <laughs> so and so forth. So, yeah. And Crofty's, Crofty's yelling just is beyond me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're um, giving it a four. I'm going to give it a six. I still whoa. enjoyed it a fair amount. I just just the nature of the circuit and so forth. And like you say, seeing the the drivers on the edge, that was pretty interesting to watch. So I'm going to give it a six. Bit unusual for me to rate it higher than you do, but there you go. And uh, and Kubica finished fifteenth. Yeah, not bad. Bless him. Bless him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Been out for so long. All right, let's move on to the news. And for There's me, lots of them. Yeah, well, for me, it's all these, first of all, it's Kimmy retiring. I mean, kind of expected. Been in the sport for a very, very long time. We'll both miss him. But he's been in the back for the last, uh, after he left Ferrari, right? So, you know, time for him to go, I guess. I miss the interviews. I miss the yeah. interviews the most, and I miss the radio. I miss his <laughs> comments on the radio, and will forever. I mean, he's yeah. got such a dry sense of humor. It's, it's yeah, I'll miss yeah. him. But that that created a huge shuffle, and 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 now Absolutely. who go, and now who goes where, and and you know, there's a there's some big changes coming. So we got Bottas filling his shoes at Alfa Romeo. We don't know who the second seat is. It could be Antonio. Could be someone else, so we'll see about that. I guess the other big news, because Bottas, so Kimi retires, Bottas moves, Russell moves to Mercedes. So we're back to, well, you said last podcast, you're not sure how Russell will do. I'm hoping that we're back to a Nico slash Lewis type of comp competitiveness between the two drivers. I, I, 
I think Russell is a pretty ethical, responsible young man. And mm -hmm. I think he's going to look to Lewis for guidance and he'll be, hopefully he'll be a good number two, but like you say with Nico and as we both know, Nico, when he beat Lewis for the championship, he did it by some pretty ugly uh, methods of playing mind games with him. Yeah. And that's the only way he could beat Lewis. Uh, I can't see George doing that. Um, and there's a chance that George could come out and just slaughter Lewis. I truly believe that. I truly believe that that he could come out and and do better than Nico did in, in destroying Lewis. Right. Uh, just by pure driving skill. I mean, the man is very good. But it's, yes. it's Lewis's car. Lewis has been driving it for a long time. Next year, we're in a new car. They're both in a new car. So, yeah. And like I say, the, to me, it's a suspension. Like, that has to change so much because the tires have a low profile now. So, they're not part of the suspension as much as they have been up to this point. It's going to be very interesting. Who's, go who's going to adapt faster? I'll guarantee you, George is going to adapt faster than Lewis. It's possible. It's a, brand new, it's a brand new car. I mean, Lewis has been driving virtually the same car for seven years with upgrades, but he hasn't had a quantum shift. Next year is going to be a quantum shift, whereas yeah. George has gone from series yeah. to series, <laughs> and and he hopped in that Mercedes and drove the wheels off it. Uh, At Bahrain last year. Yes. Yeah. Slaughtering and, Lewis. I mean, slaughtering Val. And remember when we saw Ricardo move up from – whatever Alpha Tori used to be called, uh, forgot, forgotten now. And he's moved to Red Bull. He was instantly much quicker because he had a much mm -hmm. better car. So he's moving from a Williams to a Mercedes. And even though the rules are new and so forth, I still think they're going to have a, a, a better car than Williams. Likely. Likely. Right. Likely. So, but, but, but who knows? There's the other, there, the, there's the other factor of talking about the, the fact that some of these teams stopped developing their car and started earlier on next year's car. Yeah. Um, the big teams of course can do both. Yes. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what those other teams do. Like what, what Renault Alpine, what Alpine does, what, you know, uh, um, Ferrari does. Mm -hmm. I think Ferrari's got enough money that they've been developing both. Yeah, those two in particular, if we can get Alpine, Ferrari, Red Bull, Mercedes, and hopefully even McLaren, very competitive with each, with each other at least if it's not the top two then you know the the rest of the top five very competitive be very good racing and that but speaking of williams latifi resigns and they've got alex albon pretty good right? and i think that's great for albon i think that that's a way better um environment for him i think that yes he's a he's a, a sensitive guy and and I think that he'll do better, mm -hmm. but yeah. Red Bull signed Perez again for the next season, which as we already talked about means Gasly and Sunida are signed for Alpha Tori next season. Uh, other than that, Mercedes being Ferrari's going to have the same lineup. Mercedes will have Russell and, and Hamilton Red Bull, the same lineup, Mercedes, uh, sorry, McLaren, the same lineup. So are there any, I guess it's just the Alfa Romeo second seat. That's a, well, there's also a Haas. Up. I mean, is Haas even going to be around next year? Well, I think the Eurocali 
billionaire money will keep them going. And as far as I know, both of those drivers are confirmed for next season as well. I haven't yet, heard that. I did that. So that's, that's good news. Yeah. Well, yeah, sort of. I mean, I'm not. They're one yeah. of the people who are supposedly working on next year's car all year. And they, uh, they have Delara doing that for them. Uh, first couple of seasons, they were pretty good. Since then, they've not been very good at all, have they? No, no. So, and and I think that comes to that harkens back to the other series and how other series works. The others, how the other series work. Mm -hmm. If you look at at uh, IndyCar, if you look at uh, Formula Atlantic, if you look at Formula Two Thousand, Formula Three Thousand, Formula BMW you build a fast car and you've got a fast car and is it developed? No, they don't, they don't keep developing it. And that's Delara. That's Delara's main base is building those cars. So now they're hopping into F1 and they've got to have a car that they can consistently um, improve. And yeah, it hasn't happened. And so it's no. strange for a constructor, I guess Haas can't afford to construct it themselves. I don't know how much they play Delara and so forth, but you got to get some results. Like if they don't get results next year, I'm not saying they have to be winners, but they have to improve. <laughs> but Haas is not, Haas has always just been a a, um, a a team that buys cars in a, right. in a thing that they've raced, so they don't they don't have the infrastructure to do that. Right, right. Anything else in news? I don't think so. Um, mm. I'm waiting to find out what's going to happen with Toto. Right. Is Toto staying? I don't know. Don't uh, is Adrian Newey staying? Uh, I don't know. Right. Um, I mean, Adrian wanted to retire years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and they and they keep on bribing him, and and now they've lost have lost things to bribe him with because he most surely doesn't need any money. No. <laughs> but they have their their new engine project for next season as well, right? So yes. I don't know if that helps them work closer together, like. They're a full constructor as of next season, right? Whereas yes. now it's sort of collaboration with Honda. So now they're like Ferrari and Mercedes and Alpine. I wonder how much Honda is still going to be involved. You know, that is Honda just doing the Japanese thing of saving their, their, their saving face and keeping their pride by hauling their name off it, but they're still going to be involved possibly. All that I know is that. I know they've hired some some actual Honda engineers have left Honda for this new venture, which okay. means a lot, must mean a lot to them to to leave a company like Honda. But maybe the money is big for these next three seasons or two seasons, whenever the new engines are going to be made. And we don't know if Red Bull at that time is going to make their own engine or if they're going to look for a engine constructor again. So I would imagine the it's future. the top. I would imagine it's the top money in in the field is working in F one yeah. for the top guys, and and also with the promise of being able to work on the next formula, which is coming up. That's yeah. got to be pretty exciting too. And how yeah. many people have knowledge about about that sort of a power plant? Mm -hmm. mm, it's not very common. Yeah, and as I said, a friend of mine, her friend was an engineer in university and was up in the ninety seven percent grade mark <laughs> so he works for red bull i don't know if he still does he did a few years ago and he found them a tenth or a tenth and a half or something somehow and they gave him 50 grand bonus for doing that for them <laughs> mm. <laughs> must be nice eh? no kidding no kidding <laughs> once wow. you get into that world and you get 
you know, money begets money, right? When you have a lot of it. So or like, I remember years ago, I think it was Steve Matchett, but I could be wrong. One of the commentators put a grand on Montoya getting pole position in Germany and he got it and it was a nine to one <laughs> odds. So he went wow. nine grand <laughs> wow. off a single bet. So there you go. And that's a different world that in Europe, the betting is just crazy. You walk oh, down yeah. the streets and the, there's like blackboards with odds on them. Oh yeah. Whenever I see British television, it's like a bunch of animals, like cute fake animals in their ads. And it's half of them are about betting. Uh, <laughs> bet, bet, bet. And you're going to be happy and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So up next we have Monza and another, um, qualifying race or a sprint race yay so the second one at monza it's a good good circuit to have a sprint race at i think. I, I i mean what an incredible race to have them go balls to the wall for the there's you know no strategy mm -hmm. coming into play about coming in for two stops or three stops or no stops well yeah, of course it's kind of one stop but it's yeah i like that a lot and yeah. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully, hopefully we can see, you know, Norris come back. I don't know what happened to Norris at this last track, but he just couldn't get any time in, could he? On the, the commentators, I think it was Lewis who said that this, sorry, not Lewis. Uh, Lando? J Jensen. Jensen said that it's not a hard-breaking circuit. It's not a slam on the brakes and edge yourself through the corner. It's sort of you ease breaks a little bit and take the corners quickly. He figures that Lando's primary strength is his braking and he couldn't use it there and couldn't figure it out. But, you know, occasionally a race will be like that. I think you'll be fine in, in Italy. Uh, interested to see how fast the Red Bull is there because traditionally that's the fastest circuit on the uh, calendar, isn't it? So yes. Yeah. We'll see. All right. The temple of speed. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you next week about Italy. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Rob. Talk to you later. Bye.